Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a program on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football a Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here in this chair, sitting over there, celebrating Hawaiian Shirt Friday, her highest of holy holidays. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. Hello. Yeah. Um, Hawaiian Shirt Friday is coming coming to a close soon. Mm-hmm. It'll, it's only during the off season, so you only have a couple more weeks to uh, to live out yeah, your best so, life so next, in your floral so, so, flana. So next week is the final, the season finale yeah, of I guess Hawaiian so. Shirt Friday. All right. Time to go get a new Hawaiian shirt. Good to know. It's good to, yeah, I mean, you got to go out with a bang, right? Yeah, let let me see what I can do. Well, right. I'll get some stuff in the works. Okay, good to know. Today is Friday, August 13th, 2021. Uh, it is 100 and... Oh, I didn't look this up. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. It is 104 days until Thanksgiving. Uh, episode 1,220. Uh, happy birthday, by the way, to... Whose birthday is today? Dude, yesterday we were struggling for birthdays. Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden's birthday. Dallas Braden's from Texas. Uh, no, he's not. But he played played Tech. Is that right? Yeah, he played. A, he played one season for Texas Tech, and he threw the weirdest perfect game in um, in MLB history. Interesting. Happy birthday to Dallas Braden. Uh, this is episode one thousand two hundred twenty. On today's show, guys, we will hear from one of the uh, one coaches of the, of the year. One of the coaches of the year. Our five A coach of the year, mm-hmm. uh, Leander Rouse, Coach Josh Mann. We caught up with him down at the THSEA Coaching School and Convention. We'll hear from him. See what he's got cooking with his Raiders this year. And then back half of the program it is helpful Honda Mailbag Friday. Helpful Honda Mailbag Friday. Get your questions in on high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, all of those things. Uh, on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. We'll answer as many as we can in the back half of the program. So there is that. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Andrew Christensen, Rob Hadaway, Aaron Arbuckle, and Daniel Agnew. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, my friends. Okie dokie. Down there at the THSEA Coaching School and Convention a couple of weeks ago, we talked with the DCTF Class 5A Coach of the Year, uh, Josh Mann from the Leander Rouse Raiders. Uh, a fantastic year, a breakout year uh, for his Raiders. What do they have in store for 2021? We asked him. Here's Josh Mann, Leander Rouse, here on Texas Football Today. 
Matt Steph with Dave Campbell's Texas Football back here at the Dave Campbell's booth here at the Texas High School Coaches Association and Convention. Here with the head coach of the Rouse Raiders out of Leander ISD, Coach Josh Mann. Coach, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, chat with us today. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me. Now, you did you did our little uh, our little shorter interview earlier with, with Ashley. Uh, how, how, how was it? Was she tough on you? Oh, she, it was, she was real tough. It was, okay. it was maybe the toughest thing I've done here yet. No, that's, that's, it was well, that's, awesome. We, we, we throw fastballs over here <laughs> no, at Dave Campbell's. Great. We, we, we keep, keep, keep you on your toes. Yeah. Uh, first off, congratulations on, on all the success there in 2020. You guys got that thing uh, turned around and ha had a great year. Um, when, when you're coming into a program and, and you guys are coming off a rough year, when you have such a big turnaround, people always ask you what's, what was the key, <laughs> what, what, what was the thing. But it's never really one thing. It was kind of a culmination of things for you guys, right? It, it was. It was a culmination. We, when we went into a new district. That helped in some setups of where we were. And the year before, we were 1-9, and nine, but we, we had a lot of injuries through that season. So we got to play a lot of young guys. And the one thing I contribute so much is the way that senior class, the year we did go, uh, didn't have that success. They never gave up. They fought. They continued to lead. They continued to be great community men. And that's a tribute to our coaches and our community. We, we just kept coaching like this. Every game was a, a winnable game. We never gave up. We fought all the way through. And we challenged some of the better teams in our district. We just came up short because we just didn't have quite the depth that everybody had. And so that leadership carried over. And then, you know, we had a couple new additions to staff with guys that have been with me since we opened the school in 2008. And it, the staff just gelled. And things kind of lined right. And, the, and we have a real hungry group of guys that are ready to do it again. Now, on that same token, now that you're going into a season where you're, you're coming off a great year, yeah. <laughs> now you got a little, you know, you got you got those lofty rankings in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Blame Tepper for that. Yeah. Hashtag blame Tepper. Absolutely. When, when you come into a, I mean, obviously the, the rankings and the, and the respect is kind of a validation of the work that you yeah. guys have done. But now it does does put a target on your back. Oh, one hundred percent. What do you, what's your message to your kids now that you've had some success? Because sometimes maintaining that success is harder than getting there. Oh, it is. It's absolutely and. It, you know, with the pandemic, it, it forced us to isolate and just focus on just one thing. We didn't have all these other distractions out there with all the other. So we're battling all that back. And then with that, the notoriety and the success that we had. But like I said, we want to prove them right. I mean, let's make them right this year. We'd appreciate that. Well, let's make them right. <laughs> Let, let's be in that deal. And, and we've seen it. Our guys will come back. They're hungry. They got a taste for that. And they want to go back and do it again. And, you know, they feel like there's some areas that we're not getting some love. You know, we're, we're not as up in the recruiting as we would like to be in some areas. And so those guys are coming back. They're hungry. They really love that film. We're still a really kind of mixed young team. I mean, we got a great senior class, but a lot of our junior class is still fighting in. And so we got a lot of guys that are edging. We had a competitive spring. It was real fierce. We've had competitive summer. So I think they're ready to see what that next level can be. And, and we have a standard and expectation goal, and we're going to try to see if we can hit that goal this year. With a young team, a lot of times folks would think that those, those guys that played last year are automatically penciled into those starting spots mm -hmm. going into the next mm -hmm. season. For you guys, there were a lot of position battles and a lot of competitive things going on. And even if guys, is it your message to those guys? Even if you don't win the starting job, we're going to need this depth if we want to make that deep playoff run. We want to play Absolutely. for a state championship. You know, we're going to need to be too deep at, mo at, at as many positions as possible. So, is that the message to your kids to get those backup guys to buy in and continue to show up at strength it conditioning is. and work out? And for us, probably in tribute to that is special teams. Like you separate yourself. We we won a lot of games last year because of our depth on special teams. Senior 
senior guys, other juniors that may have not ended up starting. Like, here's where you can roll in. Our, our special team coordinator did an amazing job. I got more involved with it than I had in the past and made it such an important deal. Got to hear Coach Taylor talk about that this morning here at the clinic. And that kind of set the fire because it became the, the catalyst that everybody comes together to do. Your offense, your defensive guys, they're all there. And it became a competition battle for them. And we started naming a special team captain of the week. So you had to earn that through your peers and coaches. And that kind of set the standard so it didn't matter if you were necessarily starting on offense, defense. We almost had so much competition that they want to start on that special teams. And that just kind of set the tone. So those guys that don't win those battles, they know I'm, if I don't win that battle, then I can win that battle. We just keep giving them that opportunity to get on the field. And a big playoff special teams completely can change oh the football game, can't it? It's and it just, li- it, just, it just lights up the sidelines, doesn't uh, it? There's nothing like a block kick. Block kick is some of the best things. I mean, it just you the opponent thinks I'm going to either I just scored and I'm going to get this easy, easy chip in or I've drove the field, I'm going to get points, and you block that and flip the field, it changes the game 100%. All right, now when we look at your district in 2021, it's a tough district, it's a balanced district, a lot of, a lot of competitive teams in your district what kind of challenges do the, do the teams in your district present you guys uh, I mean it's it's the variety of what we see I mean Brenham is going to be heavily loaded they're going to be very tough East Fugue and what coach has done there is a tremendous challenge we have a tough rivalry with Glenn I mean they 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 took us to the <laughs> right to the final end of the last second is that, one of, the, is that of one of those rivalry games where doesn't is it is it one of those cliche throw your record out the it window does. games it absolutely those all those kids play together they all used to be at the same middle school together so that's a huge one and that self, and you know, to this year it's going to be different because we got a lot of unknowns with a lot of new coaches coming yeah. in our district. Elgin replaced Cedar Creek. Third, Cedar Creek. Yeah. I mean, we you know Bassard's going to have some dudes oh, that can go. Right? Always, Coach Patman yeah. always has them ready. And that's our first one right out the gate. So, you know, every, I think everybody now we kind of snuck up on them. They're everybody circled us. They're wanting to see and take their shot at us. And we're just going to have to play to our game plan and stick through. And and hopefully we come back and, and represent as a district champion again. And we, you know, we we obviously have you guys ranked very highly in the magazine. Yeah. We think you're a contender in Region Four there in 5A Division Two, what needs to go right for the Roush Raiders in order to have that playoff run and possibly make a deep run and win, win the region? Well, right now it's staying humble but hungry, and then we got to stay healthy. I mean, our depth is getting better as our numbers are coming back around on campus, but at the same time we're, we're, we're a couple guys away. We can't really afford a lot of injuries in key spots. Um, I think if our O-line play comes on, uh, I think our offense has got a chance to be more explosive than it even was last year. And I, I think then on the back end, I think our defense is going to actually be better than it was last year. Uh, we got a couple new guys in the secondary that have got to step up, and once they do, I think we got some pieces there if we can just, you know, I've been fortunate to make that run a couple times at Rouse, and I know a lot of that's getting healthy when you draw who and when, and, you know, you got to have a little bit of luck on your side, too. you got to peak at the right time, right? It, it's you be so at the important. Right time. Stay yep. focused, and don't let the mountain fall. You know, we don't ever say we want to go. We want to go undefeated. We want to win every game, but I think if you put too much emphasis on going undefeated, you're going to have a game, and especially in our district, in our tough non-district schedule you could lose one that's not the end of the world yeah. best thing happened to us last year we lost to AM consolidated that set us back on the path where we went on the run so we're excited we're ready to go coach we appreciate your time thank you all so much for everything success. yeah absolutely. good luck in 2021 and we appreciate you what you do for a student coach of the lander rouse raiders and our class 5a coach of the year excited to see what his raiders do for an encore in 2021 appreciate his time there at the thsc coaching school and convention
We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's our subscription package. Two magazines a year worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. If you go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. Subscriber uh, makes a great gift as well. It's texasfootball.com slash subscribe. <clears throat> All right. Pickle, it's time for Helpful Honda Mailbag Friday. The North Texas Honda dealers want to help you score great deals on award-winning Hondas. Stop by your Helpful Honda dealer today or visit ntxhondadealers.com to learn more. Well done on that, that sponsor read. Well done. I think the folks Thanks, at Honda are, I think the folks at Honda are really going to be pleased. Yeah. Good car. Um, good it cars. is it is it is helpful <laughs> Honda Mailbag Friday. We're answering your questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, Hawaiian shirts, the end of Hawaiian shirt Friday. RIP. Uh, things like that. Uh, so get your questions in on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We will answer as many as we can. Uh, before we do that, pickle. Dateline. Oh god. <laughs> Here we go. Tokyo. Okay. Mm. I don't know if you've read this story. Mm. A Japanese mayor apologized Thursday for biting the Olympic gold medal of a softball player who had paid a courtesy visit after Japan beat the United States in the final. <laughs> Nagoya Mayor Taka- uh, Takashi Kawamura had praised pitcher Miyu, uh, Miyu Goto during the August 4th visit, but his eyes were glued to her medal. He asked to put it around his neck. Uh, uh, Kawamura then pulled down his face mask and bit into it. (laughs) Quote, I'm really sorry that I hurt the treasure of the gold medalist, Kawamura told reporters Thursday. The mayor said the uh, the medal was undamaged, though he offered to pay for the cost of a new one. Goto, the pitcher, however, has accepted the International Olympic Committee's offer for a replacement, according to the Japanese media reports. The medal bite has become a staple in Olympic photo ops, but for the winners themselves, not for others. Um, you can't just go biting people's medals, guys. There's another quote from a ju- from another Japanese from a judo champion. Uh, quote uh, uh, now Nahisha Takato said, "Quote: I would cry if that happened to me. I handled my own gold medal so gently, not to scratch it." End quote. Yeah, that's a party just, foul. That's a party foul. Yeah, it's you just can't do that. The, like, like. Like, okay. I don't go around biting Vince Young's trophy. No. We just take chunks out of it by dropping. Yeah. Like, we're respectful exactly. by just taking chunks. You don't right. want teeth mark on right. there. Exactly right. But no, I feel like, yeah, I guess that's the big thing. Like, asking to wear it might be one thing, like, a yeah. step too far anyway. Don't um, pull down your mask to... Yeah, like, I, I got to be honest. It, it does feel like if... Like, holding okay. it's one thing, but I don't feel like you should have the right to put it around your so neck. So if a gold medalist came in... Yeah. I would want them to bring their gold medal. Yeah. Because I'd want to see it. Mm-hmm. I might ask to hold it. Yes, absolutely. You can put your hands on it. I think I want to hold it and be like, yeah, take a, take a, and if a photo someone Now, if they offer it up and say, oh, well, we'll put it on, wear it, see what it feels like, then okay. If they okay. offer that, but be like, you yeah, cannot throw it on, ask. Tupper, it'll be great. Yeah. Then, then I'll do that. Yeah. But as far as like... Um, Every like I think I think you can ask to hold it. Yes, you know I'm, I'm just within the right to say no. Yeah, but like anything beyond that, that is too is much. a little beyond the pain. Yeah, I feel like you can you can ask to touch it 
or hold it just to say, can I just say that I've held a, an Olympic gold medal? Right. I feel like that's fine. You know, yes, you can wipe off fingerprints, yes. but you should not ask to put it around your neck. So that's, here you go. Here's there's a, disrespectful. There's, a, there's a photo of it. I'll pull this up. Like you didn't earn that. You don't yeah. have the right to put it around your neck. Oh God, dude, he's really taking he's a chomp, chunk out of that he's thing. He's on that bad boy. Lord, like um, that wasn't even like a subtle tough, little bite. Like that's tough, man. It looks like he's trying to eat it. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing there. Um, so anyway, a lapse of judgment for sure. Your, uh, <laughs> so let me just let me just tell you, our uh, today's or this week's, um, you know, you non-listener up, of the week. Yeah, not listener of the week. Um, I don't know how to phrase this. But our, uh, our, our, we need to, you we, had one job. We need, like we have our, we have our TFT, you know, hero of the week. Yeah. This is our TFT villain of the week. Mm, there you go. Is, uh, is, uh, t- is, uh, Takashi Kawamura, the mayor of Nagoya there in Japan. Uh, can't do that, bro. No. That. That's tough. That's tough. You, you so, took it too far. Uh, yes. Okay. So, did you watch any of the Field of Dreams game last night? I was not able to watch it live. I did go back and do my... Do the highlights do, thing. Yeah, do the due diligence of going through and watching mm-hmm. it. Really cool. It was cool. Um, yeah, you're, you're baseball blue blood. What do you think? I, I liked it. How do you feel about the movie first off? That's the first question. The movie is fine. Okay. I like the movie. Everyone needs to watch it once. There are, people, there are people who overrate the movie mm-hmm. much like there are people who overrate like the sandlot yeah which is a fine movie it's great but I like, like so. you know uh, let's not go crazy over it. it's not like one of the greatest movies of all time or anything mm-hmm. like that so um it's a nostalgia but thing. It, it oh certainly i mean look there is a very specific demographic of people that they are they are trying to get to watch that game oh yeah and there are people who already like baseball like it's people <laughs> who are already going to do that so yeah um, it, it, I, I enjoyed it. I watched a little bit of it. I, I thought great. it was fun. I thought that it was interesting. I, I, the game the, itself was the, fantastic. The broadcast was very good. The and storybook ending. It's funny. A great game, obviously. Great <laughs> game. And I remember, so the, the game started in the, in the top of the first, uh, Jose Abreu for the, um, White Sox mm-hmm. hit a home run mm-hmm. into the corn. And I told my wife, I Turn. said, that's, that's all Fox wanted. They wanted one they want somebody to, to hit a home run in into the corn. That's the whole point of being here is to get that one shot. And well, sure enough, there are like know. four more home runs yeah. or five more home runs. That is the thing that made me happy. Like if that about had ended it. up being like a one nothing like pitchers duel, I oh, think everyone yeah. and it's like and it's like you know a sacrifice fly yeah. is what gets the the run in. Like it would say, be terrible. As people that understand what it is to deliver video content, you know, and uh-huh. like to plan something for so long. The only thing you want is for the game itself to go good because it doesn't matter how spectacular your planning is. Mm-hmm. If the game's a dud, it's just kind of like, well, darn, you know. And you have that's something you have no control over. So when it does, like Shonda and I were talking about it earlier, you know those event planners and all the executives at Fox that put all that together, they're they're celebrating today. So did <laughs> you know? Uh, are you aware of what the? Um, so it, it was the highest average price for a regular season game, according to StubHub or SeatGeek. SeatGeek, uh, mm-hmm. one of them. Um, do you know what the average price on the secondary market for this game? Because there were only, um, I don't know how many how many seats there were. It, it, I mean, they, they did put, okay, so 8,000. There were 8,000 okay. temporary seats. The scoreboard was awesome, too, scoreboard by was the way. great. My question is, do you, what do you think was the average um what was the uh what was the average uh People ticket price on the secondary ton. market? It's got it's got to be over a grand. 
Fourteen hundred dollars. Yes. Okay. That fourteen hundred dollars. Like I don't. I think the prices are by far the highest average for a regular season game. They have only been taught by a handful of World Series games, uh, which was the average. Uh, the the record is game four of the twenty sixteen World Series between uh, the Indians and the Cubs at Wrigley. Uh, mm. The average was. Uh, somewhere between thirty five hundred and forty two hundred dollars. Okay. Any tickets. yeah, any World Series game at Wrigley is going to be oh for sure. Like, I mean that that's was, a, that's a bucket list regardless yes. of who you who's playing. Most but no, certainly. that's awesome. Yes. I'm happy for the people that yes. put that on that it, was, it went as well. It was as a it great. Did. It was a cool game, and yeah. I'm, I'm glad they were able to do it. And you know, um, now everyone's like, why don't we play it in like the Sandlot? I'm like, uh, yeah. well, that's a bad idea. <laughs> um, anyway. All right. Do we have any questions on Helpful Honda Mailback Friday? We sure do. Real fast, we'll stick with this since we were talking about it. Major League or Field of Dreams? Major League. Okay, that's Major what it seems league. to be in all the comments too. Major League rules, guys. <laughs> if you haven't, if you haven't run back Major League in a while, it's it holds up. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Uh, it's a little crass, but I think you know it was like the late '80s. Everyone was just a little bit crass. There was just a lot of drugs going on, and um, yeah, it's it's. I think it's really. I think it's real. I think it's. It 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 is both a genuinely funny movie. And also a good baseball movie mm-hmm. and a good sports movie. And those are not always the same thing. It's hard to make that compatible mm-hmm. because right. usually it's a cheesy good sports movie or it's a funny parody of a sports movie. Right. It's like, okay, um, uh, remember the Titans. Yep. Remember the Titans. That's got cheese all over it's it. It's cheese. It's cheesy <laughs> football, cheese. but great movie. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like great movie, cheesy football yeah. movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's the opposite where it's Waterboy. And it's like it's just meant to be a funny, more yeah. parody, yeah, exactly, football right. movie. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like there's, it's very hard to hit that sweet spot. Right, exactly. Um, that here's my hot take. I think Hoosiers is a bad basketball movie. <laughs> Great movie, not good basketball. Yeah, exactly. Action. Anyway, there's that. Um, all right, what's next? Um, another random one, real fast. How's the uh, the diet rage? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> All right, so there's that. <laughs> um, awful guys. This is a feel su- bad for me. Uh, this is a super interesting question. Which legacy program? So mm. we're gonna talk pre 1971 state champion. Mark mm. that down in your palm pilot. Has the best shot for a Texas state title. This was uh, so a team that won a championship. Before 1971, yeah, the reason that, that could this win a state championship, championship in year. 2021. Yeah. The reason that this is being asked is like the Milwaukee Bucks, but for Texas high school football. So it's been, you know, 50 years since they've won a championship. Oh, so we're talking as far as title droughts, or are we talking like because, for example, here's the thing. Um, here's the cheap answer. Katie won a title in 1959. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's like that's the cheap answer. Right, that's but a I legacy think, program. I think we're talking about you're talking about like a long title drought yeah. that could snap this year. Yeah, um, that's a, a little tough. That is tough. Um, there are definitely programs that keep because here's close. the thing: is that like when you go back to those times, inherently what you're talking about are programs like Abilene, right? Mm-hmm. Like Abilene was just like, and Abilene, of course, won that kind of miraculous title in 2009. But like they hadn't won a title since 1956. Before then, um, and just the power dynamics in Texas high school football have just shifted mm-hmm. in that regard. That I don't know if that's necessarily you know what you're looking for. Um, golly, that's 
that's tough. That would I would need to be I would need to to think a little bit on. I that. I really think it would. I think the <laughs> yeah. Like do you a, have, do like you have a, something he wants me to say? No, I don't know. But I'm thinking it's gotta be like a because like, like here's a, the thing. Like Lubbock High won in 1939, 1951, 1952. I'm not. I don't remember that. I'm looking at this on, yeah. on my computer. I don't give you credit for that. <laughs> but like I don't think Lubbock like the Westerners have fallen on hard times and like right. things have just. Things are like yeah, the, I think the dynamics are so different. Way too hard to go like that far back with it because tides have shifted so much. But if we All just right, want to no, go for I like an one. older program, like a powerhouse, like Midland Lee. <laughs> I got one. What? I got one. I think I said I didn't realize it had been this long. Albany. Ooh, Albany's my pick Denny. to click. Albany has Albany, I believe, starts at year number five in our rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, we think they're really good. We think they've got they a chance to be consistently excellent. Consistently good. Consistently excellent. Denny doesn't let them. Denny Faith does not they, let them die off. They have not won a title, believe it or not, since 1961. Wow. 1960, 1961. They went back to back, and they haven't won a title since. That's. But that's, they're continual can, well, playoff contenders. That's my f- at, at first. That's the answer. At yeah. first glance, that would be the one. I could Smart. dig a little bit more and maybe say like. Other, I could probably come up with another. I think that's the. I think that's like, the answer. You know, I think you know because we had Longview. Longview it had been since 1937. They won in 2018. Um, the, I would say Albany is probably the team that immediately, in, in kind of looking up and down, this would spring to mind. But I might think a little bit more about that. Archer City is supposed to be good. They won in 1964 mm-hmm. and have one. Second. That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Well thought out. Question. All right, what's the next question? Um, let's go with, this is something that I guess I didn't think about until it was said, uh, Jay Washington, we're going to shout him out cause he's a YouTube viewer, but he said, not really a question, but a statement. I hope that instead of making seven a a thing, they have six a D one and six a D two, like they do in mm-hmm. the lower classification. So what is the reasoning behind right. why they wouldn't do right. that? So that's a good question. And a lot, many people are asking, asking yeah. many people are asking, I guess I never even thought about that. The <laughs> idea would be that you, if you go and you, you split 6a it's not going to solve the problem Mm -hmm. because the biggest problem that you run into in 6a is you've got because there's no cap on it right because you have schools like allen and we always toss around allen so i'll add the planos in there they're enormous as well Mm -hmm. you have these like mega schools right because of that you're going to end up having these mega schools with like four thousand students in them playing teams with 2200 schools students Mm -hmm. in them if you were to go and split 6A uh, in the middle, you would still have like you would still have that same problem in the sense that like you might have 20s like the cutoff for 6A, D, D1 might be like 20. I'm, I'm pulling the number out of my butt. Right. 2,500, 2,700. Let's say it's 2,700. Yeah. Right. Well, you're still gonna have 2,700 against 6,000. Mm-hmm. That's still like not equitable. That's the, still the gap problem. is too big. By creating its own 7A. You would then take a smaller, I think that, you know, Matt Step contends that what you do is you have a smaller number of teams in 7A. And you would go and put those up there in, into their own kind of super league, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So they can just all duke it out with the other giants. And then have what ends up being closer to an actual, what, what 5A looks like. Um, we can debate whether or not that's the right move. 6A coaches, from what I understand, do not want to split. They don't want to have that split, but I do wonder if 7A would, would alleviate some of those really top-end concerns where you take maybe the the top, I don't know, I don't know what step 
like top 100 schools or the top, you it know, wasn't a, even smaller that much. a smaller class, a smaller class, top 80 schools mm-hmm. and move them into their own bracket so that you're not having this 2000 and, you know, 2100 kids playing against, you know, s- you know, 7,000. Right. Another thing is the, and a lot of people in the comments are exactly right about this. The geography oh, is for sure. a huge thing. Because like the, other the West thing, Texas schools, these, they can't these, split these up like these mega schools, <laughs> these mega schools are almost, almost all of Almost all of them are in major metro areas. Yeah. Almost all of them are in DFW, Houston especially. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's one in Austin that I'm not thinking of. San Antonio. That's where they are. And and maybe down in the RGV. Yeah. Um, and you that's can't where those mega schools are. And have Midland and League come over here and correct. play Allen every if week. If you were you to know? do that, yeah. If you were to go with, with that, then you then then if you split 6A in half, then you may have to have, you're exactly right, you may have to have Wolforth Friendship yeah. uh, traveling to go and play in a DFW Metroplex. And that's just, and, and that just, that's not, just not feasible. Gonna work. So as far as geography is concerned, that would be a reason why you would go with a Class 7A as opposed to a class, um, a class uh, a splitting a Class 6A. So there's that. What's next, Pickle? What about what is the most underrated teams in 6A heading into 2021? Say that again? The most underrated teams in 6A. Mm, underrated. So we have a whole thing on this on on uh and I believe Steps Sleepers team is coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh but as far as a team that I think is underrated, um it's weird because we do the rankings, mm-hmm. so it's like you're saying, "What's what do you disagree with your yourself about?" Someone that you wouldn't um, be surprised that sneaks up. Um, so here's the thing. I mean, we talked about this a lot, but like, if you, um, so here's here's how I answer this. Here are teams that coaches are really high on because mm-hmm. we ask coaches about this that we maybe aren't as high on. So here are teams that coaches have believed they have sniffed out as could be really good. Okay, so in six A. Tomball Memorial. Mm-hmm. Coaches are really bullish on Tomball Memorial. Um, you know they lose a fair amount, but we think they're they think they're going to be really good. Uh, Temple is in that mix as well, mm-hmm. as far as teams that that coaches think are going to be really good. Mainly because the pants. Mainly because the pants. <laughs> um, let's see. Where do we? New have... Braunfels Canyon is oh, a team okay. that we've heard a lot about. Um, people think New Braunfels Canyon is going to be really good, uh, better than maybe we necessarily uh, project them to be. Uh, in uh, San Antonio, Alamo Heights is maybe one of them. Sherilyn Pioneer. But I think a lot of that, when you ask coaches, um, they, they're looking at what they did last year. Obviously, Ailey Marburger's gone, and he's a big part of what they did. Um, Marshall. Keep it on Marshall. Okay, coaches are pretty bullish on them. Um, that's one. Let's see if I can find one more in the 4A ranks. Um Henderson. Henderson okay. is a team that coaches like that. are pretty bullish on. They think that they're going to be pretty darn good. I'll also throw out a team like Wall. They went 8-4 and four last year, but they got totally wiped by graduation. Mm-hmm. Coaches are a lot more bullish on their ability to just reload than we are. So those are just a few off the top of my head that I would say maybe fit that particular category of underrated. Um, so that would be a cl- cross-all classification. Did he ask in 6A? Yeah. Oh, well, I gave you a couple in 6A. And I just kind of went farther. Again, <laughs> more questions than answers. Right. All right. We have two more? Two more, yep. Um, if you had a time machine and you mm. could have any two historic Texas high school football teams play from any year, mm-hmm. which two would you have play? From a defensive so the, perspective, that 2015 KD defense? Yeah, against the 83 Dangerfield team is an easy choice. Yeah. Of like, but I would also say... Because that would be that would be different in the sense of like two 
elite, to probably the two best defenses in Texas high school football history in some sort of order, right? Mm-hmm. Would be uh, 1983 Dangerfield mm-hmm. against 2015 Katie. I think those are the two best defenses in Texas high school football history. I would also love to see like 83 Dangerfield go up against like 2014 or 2013 Allen. Allen. And that's off, yeah, and just see defense. like here is this flamethrower offense with this like this this transcendent talent in Kyler Murray mm-hmm. going up against the greatest defense of all time. Yeah, right. That would be that would be something I'd be very interested in. The other side of the ball might be a little interesting mm-hmm. too, but I mean, all eyes would be on whenever they whenever Allen has the ball. Like, how do they handle? Yeah. Um, how do they handle them? It so also that's be probably the, the immediate. It, yeah, and then if I had to choose, like, just a game that, and we talk about this all the time, but if Jaquindon Jackson wouldn't have gotten hurt, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we could have seen legitimate Duncanville versus North Shore two point yeah. like, mean, just that's just go. That's I just if you had a time I, machine, I you know. To have seen yeah, I would like to have seen 2019 full-strength Duncanville against 2019 mm-hmm. full-strength North, um, North Shore on both sides. Because right. remember, North Shore didn't have Zach Evans no. as well. So I would have liked to see them like run it back in some sort of thing. I'll also say, like as far as like what-ifs are concerned, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of what-ifs. Like What if Matthew Baldwin's knee doesn't collapse against Allen? Yeah. And they have to bring in Hudson Card um, in for, for Lake Travis. And he performed well. He performed admirably, but it just wasn't enough because he was a sophomore thrown into there. Um, that would be one that I would be very interested in, yeah. in seeing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, th- there's a lot of what-ifs as far as those title games are mm-hmm. concerned. But, yeah. It's I'll, a lot of what-ifs, too, when you think about, like, matching players. Like, if you think about, like, what if Kyler Murray and Jackson Smith and Jigba would have been on the same team? Yeah. Like, that would be so cool to just sure. see, you know? For sure. Or, like, yeah. <laughs> time machines would be dope is what we're saying. Like, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I would love to have a time machine. And I'd also love for, like, the UIL to, like, let me just transfer players wherever <laughs> I want for, yeah. athletic, for clearly for athletic purposes. <laughs> and be like, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to take Patrick Mahomes and we're going to put him on, like, a really super good team. Good team, yeah. Um, and see what happens. Yep. So, yeah, okay. Give me an ender. What is your favorite sports trophy and or celebration? And um, there is a right answer in my mind on this. Let's and let's go to Ashley Pickle for the right answer. The best the best trophy in sports is the Stanley Cup. It it is hard for you to tell me that that is not like physical I'm talking physical trophy. That thing is awesome. I don't think there's a better trophy out there. I don't want to push back too hard cuz it's a it's a good it's a good answer. Yeah. It's a good. Answer. Like one of the things one of the problems I've always had with baseball is that the commissioner's trophy kind of stinks. Yeah. It's just kind like, of all these butt. flags. Like, I don't know. It just kind of stinks. It's kind of butt. Um, You know, the, the Lombardi Trophy is obviously, like, iconic. Like right. The, you know, um, the Naismith Trophy is iconic. Okay, you want to talk about something now? Give me back the, uh, the, crystal the crystal ball. Then we can have a conversation. But I think the Stanley Cup is the best trophy let me, in sports. Let me go off the board here. Ooh. Let me go off the board. Okay? Okay. Give me a boxing or UFC, or wrestling belt. Mm, That's pretty great. A trophy you can wear. I was fixing to say, what's the actual best celebration? The green jacket ceremony. (laughs) But yeah, like you said, give me a trophy you can wear. It's the same thing as the gold jacket for the NFL Hall of Fame, and everyone thinks that's cool, but supposedly you put it in green, it just loses its luster. Wrong. You know it has nothing to do with jacket. 
<laughs> you know it. It has everything to do with the golf. That's exactly right. Um, it's going to do it for yeah. us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Josh Mann of Lander Rouse for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. We will see you tomorrow. No, we won't. We'll see you Monday. Please, on Texas no. Football. <laughs>